So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. All right, welcome back to the show. Today, I've got Jared Kessler, CEO of Easy Knock from New York City. Jared, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me today, Tom. Great to see you. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. So for the person listening right now, if you've ever started a company, if you've ever raised capital to start a company, you know that being in that position, whether you bootstrapped it up and you took money out of your house or you just bootstrapped it from scratch, being a CEO is no easy task. And certainly starting a company, let's just call it in the late teens of the 2000s, straight into a pandemic and then right into a little less appreciating market, uh, and let's just call it a little less transaction market when you're a prop tech business, has got to be slightly challenging. So let's unpack that today. So, Jared, when you hear me say all that stuff, what goes through your mind? I mean, you started this six years ago. It was like a rocket ship, and I can only imagine how rocky it's been, certainly through the pandemic and now in a, a different market. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind when you talk about the pandemic was um, in March of 2020, I was an early adopter of getting COVID. And in the middle of that, I was probably like three months away from running out of money at the company. And, you know, you're when you're a CEO, you get you just have to have the grid and plow through. And I was I was actually pretty sick from COVID, but you, you had to raise money. And that's just sort of like a, a metaphor for what it is to be an entrepreneur. You got to figure out how to make it work, even when you have those situations. I, uh, I agree. And, you know, I didn't know that story before. And that's the first time I've heard I was an early adopter of COVID. Um, <laughs> I, my entire team all smiled. I'm like, yes, yes, we know that line. Um, so where did that grit come from? Yeah, you know, I think the misconception when people are just hiring in general or the, they're looking for talent is they look for people that haven't made mistakes. And I've made mistakes. I've gotten kicked in the gut uh, enough times that, you know, my my mentor, you talked about Joe at the beginning, my mentor used to have this expression that said, there are those that are humble and those that will be humbled. Yeah. And I've been humbled. And through that, through that adversity that I've had, you just learn to get grit and then you learn how to plow through and you realize that you have to be a nonlinear thinker and see that there's various different solutions for a situation when you're faced with a problem. So that's where it comes from for me. Tom. So I love that answer. Um, one of my original mentors who passed away a couple of years ago is Walt Disney's right hand guy. And he said to me all the time, Tom, to be an effective executive, to, to be great at building product, to be great at being creative, you've got to create a greater arc of perspective. And you know, you got to be able to see the world differently. And so much of what you were saying there reminded me of, you know, the great Mike Vance. Like, you know, you get punched in the gut, it gives you perspective. And so many people just they fear the loss. They they fear the pain. They fear the upset. And yet all great, like I'm a huge historian of business. There's so many, not all, there's so many great businesses and brands that were shaped and built and found their way during recession, depression, crisis, challenge. Uh, you know, so, so is this like the perfect opportunity for you or do you still find yourself 
struggling in navigating these these new waters. No, I look there. There's there's nothing is constant. That's the that's the one thing that is for sure in life, and you know everything is unpredictable. So I'll never forget at the beginning of the 2020 pandemic. I thought to myself, we're extremely, and we'll talk about it, obviously, we're extremely counter-cyclical business. Yeah. So given what was happening, I thought our business was going to thrive like there's no tomorrow, and we were going to be able to help a lot of people. And from a period of time, we were. But like a great example of something that's unexpected was when the stimulus checks came in, what a, po- a lot of people don't realize is, is credit card balances were at an all-time low, a household solvency was at an all-time high. So if you're in a counter-cyclical business, where people need cash, the government actually substituted what we were solving. So now we're we're in this period right now, we're at an inflection point where the government's probably out of bullets and people's expenses are going up like crazy, like we've never seen in probably 40, 40 years. And so now is the time where we're starting to see the most opportunity we've ever seen in our business to help people. And I don't want to sound like we're rooting for the market to be in a recession. That's the last thing we want. I'm a human being before I'm a business person. But if we can help those people, we have a solution that feels really good. Yeah. Well, this is, I've done so many shows where I've said to people, the biggest, you know, the bigger the problems, the greater the opportunity. And again, to your point, you never wish ill on anybody, but you want to be that safeguard. You want to be that solution you know, for people, for, you know, companies, et cetera. So, so let's back up for the person that maybe doesn't know, or maybe didn't, you know, Google your company or maybe hasn't done a transaction with you guys. What was the original vision of the company? And of course I want to know, you know, from there, did it change? Yeah. So like from day one, the original concept of the company was that there's, everyone knows what there's a property listing for their company. You go to Zillow, you go to an MLS, and you can see your property. And it was sort of like the idea of what Zillow had this feature called Make Me Move, where yep. if you're driving down a block and you see someone's property and you want to buy it, we wanted to unlock all the, the houses that were off the market and give people a, a price where they can declare where they would sell it because everything has a price. And we realized that was just going to be too big of a fight, long of a fight to win. But yeah. there was a feature of our business that was always be a renter of your own home. And everyone kept asking us about that. Investors, friends of mine, they're like, that sounds cool. I didn't really understand what the benefit totally was at the beginning, but that's what really what was born of what Easy Knock was today. And is that the sell and stay, essentially, that that product? Yeah, so Easy Knock's got a a number of products in our platform, but one of our flagship products is a sale leaseback that gives people an option to buy back their home or realize the the difference between wherever the house gets sold they become a renter and in the future if this house gets sold in the future the difference between whatever cash we gave them when we did a transaction versus what the future sale price was so you can kind of hedge your your risk to some degree and get all the upside or buyback or rent so that's that's what sell and stay is it's literally what it sounds like be a renter of your own home yeah so so much of of prop tech and for myself as an investor uh, in any in any company, it's finding product market fit, right? So so the question is, have you found product market fit? And maybe from your from your experience, would you define product market fit for the person listening? Yeah. So product market fit is seeing where there's uh, a sustainable amount of traction in a product, and we certainly have found product market fit. The reason we we found product market fit, and Tom, you talked about you like business history, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give the audience 
a, a quick, a quick, excuse me, lesson in history. In 2008, as everyone knows, there were subprime. And when there were subprime, banks and lenders were lending to folks they knew could not pay back their loans. And the like every other government policy, there's always positive things that come out of it. And then there was unintended consequences. And the unintended consequence in 2008 was qualification sort of criteria where buy box shrunk and it left out half the housing market. So you read every day about records amounts of equity, but no one really talks about the trapped equity crisis. And the reason there's a trapped equity crisis, if your FICO score is under 700, which is half the US economy, or you're a non-W2 worker, you're gonna get rejected from being able to access refis, HELOCs, reverse mortgages. So the only solution that's really left is the one we've created, which is a sale leaseback, where we buy someone's home and rent it back, they could buy it back. So you're really selling, you're selling the house, you're keeping the home. And we yeah. found that traction because you can imagine how many people need that now. So when I think about product market fed, I think about uh, Mark Andreessen's line, and I'll probably butcher this, but you know, famously he said, you have product market fit when uh, the sales team can't keep up, bags and bags of money are just being poured into your accounts every single day, and you're scrambling just to service the amount of customers you have. Have you found that with this product? I would say in the last six months, we've seen record demand um, and we, we are seeing that now. So how do you, you know, pivoting away from a couple of the questions I wanted to ask you, you know, I, I just interviewed a young gal who her marketplace is off by 14% transaction wise, but she is up 10% on transactions. So, you know, here, here's someone who's, you know, absolutely thriving in this declining real estate transaction market. Her home prices continue to go up. All the things that we sort of know if you're paying attention to U.S. real estate. And, and yet her struggle is keeping up with service, keeping up with marketing, making sure you're getting the word out. How are you as a CEO navigating all of this? Because give us like just for context, what's your headcount today? How many people inside the company? And are you all in New York? Or are you across the country? Where are you? So I'll answer the last question first. So yeah. we decided during the pandemic, we, we we compromised location for talent because we had to hire very quickly. So our headquarters is in New York, but we have people all throughout the country. Yeah. In terms of sustaining and keeping up with the level of demand we have, every quarter we're getting better and better with automation. We're getting better with managing our funnel, our marketing, are the way we present the product. And that's the whole thing with a startup is you have to make serious, serious uh, traction and progress every single quarter. And every time we end a quarter, we look back and it feels like it was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. So I go, go back to my original question. Some of the easy knock original product offerings were terrific for this sort of fast appreciating market, multiple offers. Um, what products have you let go of or maybe, you know, taken off the website? And have you added anything new as you look at sort of the new challenges that, you know, home buyers and sellers are facing? Yeah. So one of the pro one of the use cases that was happening with our original product, and this happens a lot, was people were using a sale leaseback, were renting your own home for their next home. Yes. And the reason behind that, and this is definitely going to be interesting to your your audience, is Real estate agents faced a lot of inertia because their clients are facing inertia because bridge loans are for people that don't need bridge loans. They're for people right. that have $10 million in their private wealth account at Goldman Sachs. But the majority of the world doesn't live like that. So 
you can't have an, so what we create essentially is a non-lending bridge product, what we call movability, where you, it really has three major benefits. One, you get to rent your own home. So you don't have to worry about that timing of, I got to sell this house, but I don't want to move in my in-laws in between the next house. Second, second benefit is it eliminates contingencies. And the third uh, benefit is it gives you cash for your next purchase. So it gives you a cash offer. So that's a product we added. Um, and then we expanded to farm sale leasebacks. We bought a farm company called Farmland Finder. We think that's going to be really interesting. And we're getting ready to add um, a number of other different products. We're going to we're essentially creating a marketplace where we're serving the underserved pieces of the real estate market where people have needs. So like obviously power buyers is an example that um, if people want to sell their home, we'll, we'll match them with a potential investor. So we eliminate, you know, what the iBuyers are essentially tolling people with, and then we can give real estate agents, uh, reward them more and their customers can save money. So there's a number of different things we're working on. Where could you go to get tuned up, to get your mindset right, to get an unlimited number of marketing and lead generation strategies to win even more listings? The answer, my friend, is obvious. The Success Summit in Dallas, August 23rd through the 25th. If you wanna be surrounded by thousands of like-minded individuals that are not buying into the noise, but instead staying mentally tough and most importantly, earning the money that they desire, then you need to join us. So to make your reservation, just go to tomferry.com forward slash summit. Make sure you put in the promo code SUMMIT15, that's SUMMIT15, to get 15% off your ticket. So make your reservation and let's get back to the show. It's got to be, again, for the person listening, you know, CEO to CEO, it is hard to figure out beyond just that moment of inspiration or you're in a think tank session or you're like, oh my God, we should do this. But to actually operationalize these ideas and to see them through, think, think about, you know, Zillow and Opendoor and some of these companies that went hard on iBuyer and just got shellacked because of holding costs, the way they were buying properties. I mean, you know, it was, it was devastating. Somebody sat in a room and said, we should accelerate. <laughs> I know we're losing money now, but let's accelerate. Now I'm not knocking those companies, you know, no, no pun intended there. Like we've all been in that situation as a CEO. At what point do you say to yourself, okay, Hey, you know what? This isn't working. We have to pivot again. Yeah. So when you know something's not working, it's really hard to let go. But I have a philosophy. Sunk costs or past decisions can never drive future decisions. Just because you put in the money into something doesn't mean you should drive a decision. The right question you should be asking is, in the future, is this worth doing? And if the answer is no, and I think the mistake a lot of people make is they invest in time and they look at sunk costs and they drive their decision based on that. So I learned that you learned that with experience and that was really helpful to me in my career. I have to, okay, Jared, I literally just wrote down sunk, sunk costs should never drive future decisions. That's, That's amazing. amazing. Like I, every agent, every tech company, every lender, every friend, every entrepreneur that's listening to this needs to write down, do not make that mistake. Sunk costs of time and money should never drive. It's like my dad used to say to me all the time, if we could just get people to understand when you're digging a hole and you're wondering why you're getting buried, stop digging, crawl, you know, crawl out of the hole, do something different. But that's hard, isn't it? Think about the number of people today that are, that went from this white hot real estate market 
to now a very normalized real estate market. And they're still running, Jared, some of the plays that they've always run and they're finding it's not working. What do you say to that, that agent, that team leader, that loan officer, whoever may be listening that is maybe just a little bit guilty of, you know, the sunk cost optimism about what they've always done? I say, stop being so stubborn. Uh, take a step back and pretend you didn't make, pretend you didn't invest in the past. And how would your decision change if you didn't invest in the past? If you you have to pretend to yourself that right now you're living in the present and you never made those decisions in the past, are you going to have the same decision in the future? And if the answer is no, then stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, you and I both know it's so easy that for us to say these things to ourselves, but in those moments of darkness at three o'clock in the morning, when you wake up and you're like, shit, what am I doing? You're like, how, do, how did I get here? How do we get out of it? But that's what we talked about earlier. It's just, it's the, it's the pain that, that you just have to accept when you're an entrepreneur, you're going to go through painful times. So let's go a different direction. You mentioned earlier the funnel. Can you break down your funnel for us? You know, how are you driving top of the funnel? What does middle of the funnel look like? What does bottom of the funnel look like? Sure. So our, our funnel is really broken out into four major parts. It's marketing, is which is building brand awareness, finding customers. We find customers direct to consumer. And then we have partnerships. Like a good example of that is mortgage companies for their turndowns. Yeah. Secondly, we're, 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 then once they come into our funnel, we're our website, we do a pre-qualification, then they, they get on the phone with a salesperson. We make sure they understand the process. We actually give our customers a test but we explain the product and then we give them a letter of intent. Once they're ready to go, we go through a purchase agreement and we give our customers a lease if they're doing sell and stay, which is our flagship product. And then it moves to the transaction management side where we move to a close. And then the fourth part of the funnel is now there are our tenant and some people may wanna buy back their home. Some people may wanna to continue to rent for the rest of their lives and they have issues and repairs. And then some people may want to exercise the sale, which is when we interact with real estate brokers, because at some point, two thirds of our customers sell the house, they hire a real estate agent to do it and we work with them on it. So those are the four major parts of our funnel. Got it. Got it. Well said, by the way. And, uh, you know, funnel, funnel and more funnel. Every business that I've ever been a part of, like funnel, funnel and more funnel. I had a, a CEO friend of mine, I said to him recently, so what part of the funnel are you working on right now? And he's like, top, middle, and bottom. I was like, dude, that's the whole funnel. <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, I'm telling you, man, we are in a major pivot. And I'm like, uh, yes, you are. Um, you know, I am the biggest advocate as Johanna Hour is of real estate agents being successful, being at the center of the transaction, being the forever agent and not a transactional agent. When a lot of companies like Easy Knock and Knock and, you know, some of these other businesses out there first started, there was a lot of concern and worry that, oh, just another person trying to get in the way and take, you know, take the real estate agent out. What do you say to that? I would say that there are a lot of foolish people that think that they could do that. Um, but at the end of the day, there are a lot of products out there that are creating more tools in people's tool chest. And I, I look, I came from Wall Street before I started Easy Knock and I saw the same exact thing. The people right. that embrace the tools, you know, everyone on this on this podcast knows that one guy that's a killer or woman that's a killer. And they're, they're always successful because they figure out how to take those resources and embrace them and leverage them. And the other people just ignore it. They'll pretend they read about it. They'll pretend they're embracing it. So I say, look, if you want to be mediocre, 
then just ignore what we're saying. And if you want to be great, embrace embrace the tools that are at your disposal. We're one of those tools. We're breaking inertia. We're creating more transactions. We're we're helping and empowering agents to do more. And I think there's some companies out there that are doing that. And the ones that aren't, they're probably not going to do as well. What do you think is the biggest resistance? Like when an agent hears about uh, Easy Knock and your your products, what what is the biggest resistance you get? Well, we don't get objections because we're not like trying to replace or take their, we, yeah. we pay full market commissions. Yeah. So it's more, the resistance is like not taking the time to learn about our product. That's yeah. the most frustrating thing. And I'm sure that's not a surprise to anyone on this, on this podcast. Yeah. Well, we saw that. I mean, you know, been in the business as long as I have, even going back to like the, you know, early nineties with people trying to figure out REOs and then, you know, the, the next wave of REOs in eight, nine, 10, and then the short sale revolution. And I was blown away by, I was proud by how many people went out and got some form of short sale certification. And I was shocked by how many people didn't. And maybe they figured it out. Maybe, you know, they were able to navigate it without a certification. But my point was to your point, it is adding another arrow to the quiver to be able to serve your clients. At the end of the day, it's, being the most resourceful advocate for your customer that you can be. So it sounds like we're aligned on that. What do you think is the biggest challenge today you guys have just getting the word out? Like why aren't, why aren't, you know, why isn't easy knock doing thousands more transactions every month with so many people in that's, you know, still in a, you know, a challenging situation. Well, we're blazing a new trail. And I think number one, people are always suspect, right? Because there's always a flavor of the month. Yeah. Two is the, the world is really loud, so it's hard to break through all the noise. I mean, True. even even for the most prolific people there, you know, the news cycles like people move on after five seconds. We have very little attention span. So I think it's just we, we, we have to do a better job on the organic side. We really don't have a presence on like places like TikTok, which yeah. is like a growing segment. So I, I think it's it's just that we're, we're improving. We just we, we need to do better every day. Yeah. So, uh, so I was saying to my lovely wife of almost 29 years, a couple of days ago, she was saying to me, Oh, you got this problem and this problem and this challenge and this challenge. And I looked at her and said, honey, we've been doing this together for almost 30 years in business. Has there ever been a year where there wasn't a bunch of challenges? And, and she, you know, I adore my wife and she is the best business partner. She, like I'm the artist and she's like the finance, right? So she looks at me and she's like, no, but it just, God, shouldn't it end eventually? <laughs> and I, you know, I think, ends. right. It never ends. It never ends. So, so let's kind of, let's kind of go the last direction of this, which is, you know, what's next for easy knock? What, where's easy knock going to be in the next three to five years? What, what's your vision? Where do you see this? Yeah. So what, when I was at, when I worked in financial services, there used to be these things called electronic communication networks where, where ECNs, where it became a matching engine. So yeah. if you wanted to buy a hundred shares of Google, so I wanted to sell it it matched up. Yeah. Um, I think real estate has a need for a matching platform where you find all the different customer needs. You have all the different products and you create a one-stop shop platform. So people don't have to go to all these different silos and fragmented pieces of the market. So we want to invite all these innovative products onto the Easy Knock platform. And we want to add products where people are facing frustration or inertia, where they're not just being served. And a lot of the companies out there are serving the upper echelon and the middle class is the biggest demographic. So we want to help the middle class and beyond. So that's what's next for Easy Knock is continuing to add products, build our core products, 
serve, empower real estate agent, mortgage uh, lenders, and beyond. I love it. I love it. I love. I mean, listen. Thank there's you. a wonderful book for everybody listening uh, called "The Platform Revolution," written about five or six years ago, and you know, platforms have taken over the world, right? You can look at Apple as a platform, right? iTunes as a platform, what EasyNock is doing. Uh, it makes a ton of sense to me. What do you think is the, the biggest thing that could stop EasyNock over the next three, four, five years from getting there? Look, every company, the biggest thing that can that can stop someone is, is making a big mistake, right? And the big mistake that people make a lot of times is we're in the customer-facing business, so we have to treat our customers with respect, we have to make sure that that no one at our company does anything stupid, and we have to create the controls to make that. I, at the end of the day, I believe that, but I don't have eyes all over, especially in a remote co culture. So we just have to continue to make sure that the customers are, are our biggest advocates, because once that stops, you're in big trouble. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. Jared, this has been super fun. I know we've been talking about doing a podcast for a while. I can't wait. I'm going to be in New York City soon. So we're going to have to get together face to face and maybe do another live show. Uh, but congratulations, man. Like, you know, the last six years have not been easy and nor should they be for any entrepreneur. Uh, but when you couple coming out of the teens through the pandemic and now into this new environment, uh, it's been really fun to not only read, you know, the quarterly updates, to see the progress. So, you know, congrats to you and the exec team for all you've done. And I can't wait to see how this real estate matching platform, which I like a lot, how that unfolds coming up uh, in the near future. So Jared, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Are you on Instagram? Are you on TikTok yet? I, I'm on TikTok, but I don't even know my handle, to be honest with you. But if someone <laughs> wants to reach out to us, they just can go to hello at easyknock.com, easy and knock, K-N-O-C-K dot com. Send an email. Say you want to talk to me, talk to people at the company. If you want to partner with us, all that other good stuff, or just go to easyknock.com. I'm excited to talk to anyone. I respond to every email I get. And, and the last thing I'll say, Tom, is right back at you. You've been great. You've been supportive and, um, and really inspirational. So thank you. You got it, man. Super proud of you guys. Keep up the great work. And for my friend listening right now, make sure you like and subscribe and hit that notification button. Definitely reach out to Easy Knock. They're doing some very cool things, innovative for buyers and sellers right now. And that's what this whole thing is about, like adding one more arrow to your quiver to serve your customers, especially in the new market. So thanks so much for listening. Maybe share this with a friend or two, and we'll see you on the next show. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.